You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. that I titled Fearless, and from the very beginning of this, ser- this series, I, I, I wanted us to, to kind of understand that it's not about like three or four steps that'll just make you stop fearing at all. Um, the reality is that all of us have these areas in our life that uh, may be these dark places that we're trying to navigate through and, and overcome. And, and I don't know about you, but what I have found out about my life is that life is not easy. I mean, it, it seems like one thing, uh, you overcome one thing, and there's another thing waiting for you. It's like, it's like running the 400-meter hurdles. You know, there's another hurdle waiting, and, and, and before you know it, you get to this place, and, 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 and it's, it's, it's difficult. So I've been talking about the dark places in our lives, and these are the phobias, these are the anxieties. These are the fears that we all deal with. And um, the, the secular psychologist, pretty, pretty famous psychologist, Carl, I think it's Jung, uh, J-U-N-G, he said this. He said, knowing your own darkness is the best method for dealing with the darkness of other people. In other words, you can't deal with the darkness of others until you recognize what's going on in you. And, and this guy, though he was outside of the Bible, he understood that from his own life, there were places that needed light. There were places that needed help. And, and what I've learned in my walk with God is that he is with me in my places of light or my, my mountaintops, but he's also with me in the dark valleys. There's not a place that we can go that God is not there. And uh, in fact, uh, the prophet Isaiah, he said this, God speaking through him, God said, I form light, and I create darkness. I make well-being, and I create calamity. I am the Lord who does all these things. And some of us right there, just hearing that, you're going to say, what? What? What do you mean he created darkness? And what do you mean that God creates calamity and, and troubles? But somewhere in God's sovereignty... He's using everything in our life for his glory. Even darkness. Even even that place that you're in right now. And I've spoken to individuals just yesterday, speaking to a a, a dear woman that that talked to me about her circumstances. And she is in a dark place. And what I heard her say to me were, God is, is, is showing me all these things, even in this season of difficulty. And I'm talking great difficulty. You may be in a place of great difficulty, and you're finding, or you will find, or you can find that God is there too. You see, darkness is used by God just as much as God uses light. You ever been in a dark night and notice that the stars are the brightest and the darkest point of the night? And you see the glory of God in, the, in, his, in his creation. 
In fact, Moses, he met God in the, in the cloud and uh, the, 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 this, this, this darkness in, in the Old Testament is called the Arafil. The Arafil, the, 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 the darkness, the, the, the fog, the, the cloud in where, where God met Moses and there was thunder and there was lightning and it, and it scared the children of Israel so much that they said to Moses, you speak to God. We don't want to go into that cloud. We don't want to go into that dark place. And I think that speaks about all, a lot of us that we, in our dark places, we don't want to go into those dark places. We don't want to go into those seasons. But when you find God in those places, it's going to be better for you as an individual, and it's going to be better for those around you. You see, it doesn't change the fact that those Israelites did not want to speak to God in that dark place. It doesn't change the fact that Moses met God in the darkness of the cloud. And so God sometimes, he meets us in the darkest places of our lives. Amen? He meets us in those in those seasons of cloudiness, in those seasons of the greatest fog. And there's probably no darker place in our lives than the places where we failed. You ever been married and your marriage isn't going the way that you would like for it to go? In fact, sometimes marriages end up in a divorce and it's a dark, dark place. And then there's, there's failed finances that, that end up in bankruptcy, and it's a dark, dark place. And there's jobs that, that, that end up with someone being fired or someone resigning, and it's a dark, dark place. And then sometimes we have these aspirations. We've got these dreams, and we end up dropping out of maybe high school or college, and it's a dark, dark place. And you got these dreams sometimes of becoming a, a megastar, a big star, and, and you get cut by a team or by an organization, and it's a dark, dark place. I'll never forget, in fact, I was putting this together, and, and I was reminded in eighth grade, my claim to fame, right? Eighth grade basketball. And I thought I was... Uh, not Michael Jordan, because he, he was just barely going to come up. He was playing for North Carolina at that time. I thought I was Julius Irving, the doctor. That might date you, right? That might date some of us, right? He had big old hands. He had that finger roll. He could dunk from anywhere. And Dr. J. So I got into eighth grade, and I had this coach that um, he, he, had some, he had some home issues, he had things going on. He would, he would get angry, and I, I'll never forget, one day he, uh, he threw me. Uh, I, I, I made a bad play, and, and I came off of the court. He put someone in for me, and he got me, and he threw me to the end of the bench. Now, in these days, there would be a lawsuit. In those days, you just dealt with it. And I'll never forget that, that, that he threw me to the, to the end of the to, the, to the, um, um, the seat, the bench, and uh, 
I went to, to him after the game because there was a series of things that were going on. It was a very difficult time of my life. And, 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 and I remember handing my bag to him, and I walked out of that gym after this ball game, and I walked all the way home crying because of how I felt. And it was such a difficult place in my young life at that time. But I, to this day, I was reminded. I hadn't thought about that in 30 years. I was reminded of how that happened and, and, and what it did to me at that time. You maybe have had something happen to you that is this dark place that, that, that is just working on you and, and it's bringing great difficulty and you need the hand of God to help you navigate through that time. I, I haven't even mentioned, I haven't even mentioned that maybe you had a father or a mother who called you a failure and that you were never going to, to amount to anything and they didn't encourage you in whatever you set out to do. And so you feel like a failure. And sometimes in this dark place, it brings so much fear and so much anxiety. And it stifles all the good things that God wants to do in your life. See, I think that there's not a person sitting here today that has not been impacted by a failure in your life. And what I want to talk to you about is how God is faithful even in that dark place. I'm not even going to talk to you from the perspective is that we have all the answers. We have the answer in God. But the reality is that sometimes we have to walk through those places in our life, even the places of failure, so that we can find the God who never fails us and the one who's perfect, though we're not. Amen? Though our marriage wasn't perfect, though our, our, our finances weren't perfect, though our, 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 uh, our identity and the way that we feel about ourselves is not perfect and we've been hurt, we're going to find out that God is always there. And I want to bring, bring this message from the perspective of a young man named Timothy. And Timothy was a, a, a disciple of the Lord whom the apostle Paul poured into. He was a, he was a young man, and, and Paul saw something in him that he said, I want to invest the things of God into his life. And, and the reason that Timothy is so vital to me, and he's vital to you today, is that Timothy, he had these uh, struggles. He had these, these things that he dealt with, and, 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 and he felt inadequate. He, uh, he was sick a lot of the times, and, and he, was, uh, he was also... Um, uh, fearful. He was intimidated. In fact, in, what's, what's so important to us is that in, in the New Testament, when Paul writes his letters and, and the Apostle Paul wrote the majority of the New Testament, the last letter he ever wrote, he wrote it to Timothy. He didn't write it to Peter, one of the pillars. He didn't write it to John. The Apostle John, he didn't even write to James, the brother of, of Jesus. He, he, he wrote it to Timothy. And, and, and so from that, we can glean some very important things. So here's, here what, here's what I want you to do on your outline. Here are some of the struggles that Timothy dealt with, and then we're going to move in to how we can navigate through them. The first struggle that he, that, that he had is his age. He struggled with his age. 
And so Paul wrote to him and he said, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. He said, you can set an example for the believers by the way that you speak, by the way that you act, your conduct, by the way that you love, by the way that you believe, by your faith, and by your purity. In all these things, you can set an example. But there was something in, about Timothy's age that had him struggle. The second thing that he struggled with is, is his health. And so Paul wrote to him and he said in another place, he said, no longer do I want you to drink only water, but use a little wine for the sake of your stomach and your frequent ailments. And I know what some of you are saying, my stomach is hurting. After church, I got to go. I got to go to Olive Garden after church and got a tummy ache, a little bit of pasta, a little bit of vino. The reality is, is that he had these frequent ailments that he was dealing with. And the third thing that, that uh, Timothy dealt with is he dealt with insecurities. And, and Paul wrote to him in another place and he said, God didn't give us a spirit of, uh, that makes us afraid is what the New Century version says. But he's given a, a spirit of power and love and self-control. And you know what I love about this text? Is that it helps us to know that we are not alone with our struggles. We are not alone with uh, the dark places in our lives. All of these were dark places in, in young Timothy's life. You know, people, people aren't going to listen to me because of my age. I, I get so nervous that, that I get stomach aches. I, I'm afraid to fail. And so for us, as we look at, at what our failures have done to our confidence and what our lack of confidence is continually feeding our fear to fail, I want us to look how we can overcome, how we can welcome God. So I've got these three things to ponder to help us overcome the fear of failure. Three things that we can ponder. The first thing is that your fear is the starting point of your faith. Your fear is the is, is starting point of where you begin to believe. So, so, so you failed. So you've struck out. You've had a failed relationship. You've had a, a failure in your finances. You got fired from a job. And it's causing great fear and, and anxiety. How many of you, it, maybe you're in a job transition and you have fear and anxiety because it's a place that you've never been. It's a dark place. How many of you are coming out of a broken relationship that, that, that you're at a place that, that you're, 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 you just have this, this great fear and anxiety because you don't know what you're going to do? You're thinking, I'm not ever going to get in a relationship. I'm never going to give my heart to anyone because all they've done is they've stomped on my heart. They've messed me up. I don't trust anybody. I'm not going to work again because people at work, they look what they've done to me. I can't manage my money, so I'm just going to ignore it. Who cares about a budget? Here's the thing. 
Identifying your fear is a starting point of your faith. And I know that it paralyzed Timothy, this fear, this fear of failure, or Paul would not have specifically wrote to him. And look at what Paul wrote. He said, God did not give, what's the next word that he said? God did not give us a spirit that makes us afraid. One translation says God has not given us a spirit of timidity. Right? One translation says God has not given us a spirit of fear. But do you notice that Paul wrote us? Do you notice that Paul didn't say to Timothy, God has not given you a spirit of Fear? God is not giving you, Mike, a spirit of timidity. God is not giving you, Paul, a spirit that makes you afraid. Instead, the apostle Paul said, God has not given us. And the reason for that is because Paul himself had his dark places. Paul had to navigate through places where he felt the pressure of anxiety and of fear. In fact, there was a time that he was going and he was preaching the gospel. And he was going, he went from Athens and going into Corinth in Greece. And the Lord met him and spoke to him at night. And it says this, it says, one night the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision and he told him, don't be afraid. Speak out. Don't be silent for I am with you and no one will attack and harm you for many people in this city belong to me. Now this is, as Paul is preparing, he's come from Athens, he's been fighting, he's been warring, kind of like Kaylee coming from Nashville, she comes to, to Arizona, and she's, she's coming over here, and she leads people into praise and worship, into a, a workshop, and, 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 and God's preparing her, and then uh, he, she, she leads a women's conference, and then she comes into Sunday morning, and she leads us, God is leading her, but all these time, there's apprehension, there's difficulty, that's exactly what Paul is talking about. Paul said, I was going into Corinth, and God spoke to me and said, do not be afraid. You see, beloved, there's some times in our lives that we have to identify our fear and put faith in there instead. Put faith in a God who's bigger than whatever we're facing. Have you noticed that many times in our lives, our failures because we've done things Without God? Anyone ever had a failure because you've done things without God? But have you ever had a failure when you've done things with God and, and, and God has allowed for there to be, hear me now, God has allowed for there to be challenges in that endeavor that you've set out to do so that he can show you how faithful he is? See, I'm not, I'm not even here to tell you that when you're, when you're doing everything with God, you're not going to have fear. When you, know, when, you, when you submit everything to God, you're not going to have fear. There will be an absence of fear. No, 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 no. There will be fear that will come into new, every new experience that you face. But God tells us, substitute the fear with trust. Substitute that anxiety. With faith. Jesus told his disciples, don't let your hearts be troubled. Why? Because there's trouble. 
I'm getting ready to, to go do a service in, in uh, West Covina, California, a couple weeks. I have a, a cousin, that 30-year-old, that, uh, that passed away for, from a silent heart attack. I never knew, even knew there were silent heart attacks. Look it up. Perfectly fine. One minute. The other minute, shortness of breath. Next minute, he's gone. And so going over there, getting ready to do that, can I tell you there's apprehension. There's trouble. What are you going to tell a, a, a family and friends? Tell them that God is faithful. No matter what dark place we're in, no matter what difficulty, all of us are facing a dark place. All of us have come out of a dark place. But that fear is a starting point to your faith so that you can see God's faithfulness in your life. Amen? Here's the second thing. Uh, failing to act is an act to fail. Have you noticed that fear has a way of paralyzing us? Have you ever heard someone say, get over it? You ever, anyone ever told you, get over it? Have you ever told somebody, hey, get over it, man? It's been like six months. It's been like a year. It's been like 10 years. Because you're paralyzed. You're, you just can't move. You can't get, you know, you've had a broken relationship or you've had a, a, a broken finance. And someone says, hey, you need to get over it. You need to begin to move. You need to take action. You need to move forward towards your goal. I, I love what the great leader, uh, Winston Churchill, said. He said this, success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. Have you noticed that our successes are not the final outcome of our lives? I've had some wonderful things happen in my life, and, can, and then you go into another season, and you're like, oh, my goodness. You should even start speaking Spanish. Hijo la na. ¿Qué pasó? Right? And, and then you find out that, that, uh, that failure is not fatal. It doesn't kill you. You have failures and you navigate through them, but, but what's important, and I love what Winston Churchill said, he says, it's a courage to continue that counts. You see, our failures are a momentary pause in our life, but they don't have to stifle the good things that God has planned for us. Paul uh, wrote to Timothy, and he said this. In fact, right before, right before he says, um, God has not given you a spirit of fear, he said, he said this. He said, for this reason, Timothy, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. You see, there's something special that God imparts into every person. Every one of us has a gift from God. And what our fears will do is they will stifle all the good things that God wants to do in our life. The amazing things that God wants to do in your life. And have you noticed this? I've been reading a wonderful book uh, by Barbara Brown Taylor, a uh, wonderful author. And, and she wrote this book called... Uh, um, Learning to walk in the dark. And, and, and Barbara Brown said in, in one of the chapters, she says, have you noticed that your feelings 
uh, are so closely together. In other words, you can go one way or another uh, with these feelings that are very close, but they can take you to a negative point or a positive point. For example, um, anxiety and excitement are just separated by fear. And then she goes on and she writes this. She says, embarrassment and daring are also very close together. She said, when I tried new things, I often failed at first, which, which was uh, where the embarrassment came in. But if I could get over my fear of failure, there was really nothing in my way. I could be as daring as I dared to be. You see, there's, 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 there's some things that God has in store for you. And the only way that you're going to reach those things is for you to take action and let the Spirit of God move you into a place where you trust him more than your fear. But I failed, Pastor. I've messed up. My relationships are all messed up. Can I tell you, God is bigger than that. We're going to bring the praise team up right in a little bit. I'm, I'm going to wrap it up with, uh, with this last point. And, and when they come up and they start to lead us in worship, my prayer is that you'll let God move in your life in that dark place. Maybe that place where you failed and, and, and you, you know it hinders you and it, it, kind, of, it kind of keeps you from from experiencing this goodness that we talk about with, with Jesus. Let him visit that place. You see, here's the third thing. Our greatest failures, our greatest failures make room for God's biggest miracles. What miracle is your fear of failure preventing in your life? Have you thought about all the people in the Bible that failed? I was thinking about Moses, you know. Moses, uh, he led the, the children of Israel, but Moses left Egypt as a murderer. And, th- and when I thought about it, so he went into, into uh, the wilderness as he fled out of there. And as he's there, for God to tell him, go back to Egypt Think about the anxiety. Hey, I'm a murderer over there. They're going to put me in prison. I failed over there. All of these things rolled up. You right now, beloved, there are some things in your life that you've never, ever let God visit and heal. And it's affecting every relationship in your life. If Moses would not have gone back to Egypt, his life would have been in despair. Abraham, Jacob, Samson, all of them failed. In the book of Philippians, uh, Paul wrote this. He said, I'm very confident of, of this. That he who began a good work in you. Hear hear me now. God never starts a bad work in us. Did you know that? 
God never, he never starts a bad work in us, and he never completes a bad work in us. He said, he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ. And so here's what a lot of people think. Here's what a lot of people think. A lot of people think this. A lot of people think that when we get to heaven, that when we get to heaven is whenever all of this is going to happen. And so God is waiting till the day that you die for this perfection to come. But what God is doing is that every day that you're living here on earth, he's working to complete you. In fact, talking biblically, the day you came to Christ, he perfected you in heaven through the blood. But every day that we walk with him, the good thing he started in Bobby, he's completing. And at the end of the day, even with all the things that we've done wrong, the blood cleanses Bobby. So can we do this together? Can we maybe go to the Lord and say, Lord, I, you know, in your own words, as we, as we get to this place of worship, that we can come to him with our own words and say, Lord, you know I failed. But I want to start my faith in you, the one who is perfect to perfect me in my failures, to strengthen me, to help me, to forgive me. Amen? You're n I don't want anyone to walk out of here today feeling like you're a failure because you're not in God. You're forgiven, you're restored, and you're his child. So praise team, if, you, um, if you'll just lead us as the Spirit of God directs you. And we'll let him do the work. Amen? We'll let him do the work. And so we're just going to spend the next 10, 15 minutes just worshiping God. And here's what, I, here's what we're going to do. This, I just thought about something. You know, Paul laid his hands on Timothy, and he imparted a gift. I'd like for the elders to come up as we worship. Just let the song start. We're going to let God flow. We're going to let God do his thing. But elders are going to come up, and if there's someone in here and you just want us to pray, there's something about the laying, in, laying on of hands to impart the things of the Spirit into your life. And we believe, we believe that the God who is living will do something miraculous in your life today. So we're going to just all stand. We're going to worship the King. And then in a little while, elders will come up.
You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.